Hey, this is the Thrive Church Podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. We're in a series of talks called The Only Response. The Only Response. And it's on this is how do we respond to a God who sees you, who knows you, who, who like truly knows you, not just the surface outside you, the mask you, but actually knows you, who sees you, who knows what the desires of your hearts are. And, and he doesn't even that, but he knows what you need and he'll meet that need. How do we respond to a God? who knows you, who sees you, who loves you, who has love that, that cannot be removed, cannot be taken. How do you respond? And we said the only response, the only response to a God who loves you, he, who knows you, who sees you, who will meet every need that you have, that you know, and that you don't know is this. It's worship. It is worship. In, in John 4, 23, Jesus, when he's at the well with the woman at the well, he says, but he says this, but the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now where, when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth, the father is looking for those who will worship him that way. You know, God, he is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And what Jesus is talking about here is, is not just one time. He's talking about a lifestyle of worship that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. A lifestyle of worship that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? Uh, it's a, that a lifestyle of worship is that every element of your life is an expression of worship to God. That it's an expression of worship to God. Because you and I, we were created and designed to be in relationship with God and to worship Him. And when we do that, when we have a lifestyle, there's an ease, there's a rest, there's a rhythm of grace, a rhythm of empowerment by God's Spirit for you and I in our daily life. Now, today I want to focus on, because there's so many different uh, aspects of worship, and, but I want to focus on this expression of worship today. And it is a powerful uh, expression. It changes the atmosphere uh, in situations. It is not passive, but it's actually an act of war. It's actually an act of war, not against flesh and blood, not against that relative. No, no, no. Like, put your remote down on the table. No, it's an act of war against our enemy in the spiritual realm. Ephesians 6 talks about, hey, you're not battling against flesh and blood, but there's an enemy, the devil, that we fight, right? And so when God's people do this right here, the enemy quakes, the enemy quakes at this. And what I'm talking about, the aspect that I want to highlight today is worshiping God in song, singing to Him and praising Him. When the people of God sing praises to Him, it is warfare against the enemy. Worship really is warfare. And worship changes things when we worship God by singing songs and praises to Him. 
So today, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you. The title of my message today is Battle Position. Your Battle Position. You know, often in our gatherings, whether it's online or in person, we will have a, a portion of it where we actually have music and we sing uh, about God, we sing to God, and, and we sing praises to God. And it's, it's not just something we do just to like warm up for the message and like get, okay, let's get hyped, let's get hyped, right? It's not that. It's not to put on a concert. It's not to just sing mass karaoke, but actually worshiping God by singing songs to God about God uh, is actually an integral part of our faith. You know, it's not something that we've just come up with in the last 50 years, 100 years, or since someone invented the piano. No, it's actually even the early church thousands of years ago has been worshiping and praising God through songs, with songs. And even before that, uh, the Israelites, they worshiped God by singing to him, singing praises to him. The apostle Paul wrote to the early church in Ephesians 5. He said this, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we are to sing psalms or songs, spiritual songs. In Colossians 3, um, the writer, he says this, he says to the early church again, he says, let, and to us today, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your life. I love how it says that. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Now, it's not a tradition it's actually a fundamental part of our faith and relationship with God. There's a whole book in the Bible called Psalms, songs, right? Singing unto God. And when we worship, when we worship God singing and praising him, it's actually warfare in the spiritual realm and things change. I have a question for you. In this last bit, have you been going through some challenges? Maybe you've been going through some obstacles. Have you seen any opposition? Have you in this time, has, have you at all been captive by fear or anxiety? You know, oftentimes I think we can look at what's around us, what we can see as flesh and blood of, okay, what is our enemy? But it, Ephesians 6 talks about, no, 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 we're not battling against that. There's a spiritual realm where we battle. And as we face those challenges, those oppositions, those situations that, you know, you're not sure how this will turn out. It's actually an opportunity for us to wage war in worship. And that is how war is waged in worship, spiritual warfare. In the Bible, there's an account of a king of uh, Judah uh, whose name is Jehoshaphat. Yes, Jehoshaphat. Come on, try and spell that one. It's phonetic. But it is great, awesome name. But this king, 
uh, he is the king over Judah and uh, the nation of Judah. And um, he hears this rumor and it's not a rumor. It's a report that a massive army of Moab, Ammon and another army as well, a third army, they're planning an attack on them. This, uh, the, uh, one translation describes it of a great multitude. If you hear great multitude, that means a lot. So this huge army is going to come against them and they're going to attack Jerusalem. And now this King Jehoshaphat, he, he hears about this. And in second Chronicles 23, it tells us that he is afraid when he hears about what is coming. He's afraid. Now let's hit the pause button right there. How many of you and I can identify with that? Hearing about something in the future or something that might be coming or something that might be coming against us or that we're going to have to deal with and you have felt fear, right? Maybe there's fear about losing your job or that important contract. Maybe it's about a relationship and how will that work out? Or how am I going to get through this? Or maybe what's happening with the whole COVID situation or a real one that we've, that so many people have been going through is, okay, sending my kids back to school. How's that going to look? We can look at reports from the economy, hear that. And at times fear can even come in, or maybe it's that negative doctor's report and you hear it and fear. Have you been there? Man, I have. We haven't even gotten into the story and I already identify with a man named Jehoshaphat, right? I'm there with him. But instead of leaving it at, I'm just going to be afraid, he does something. The king Jehoshaphat sought God and proclaimed a fast for the whole nation. And the king sought God in the midst of the, the attack that was going to come when he was afraid. In the midst of it, he sought God. And now the prophet at the time then spoke what God was what God had to say because the king and the whole nation were seeking God on direction about what to do with this massive problem, this massive opposition, this huge army coming. Now, side note, before Jesus, God spoke through prophets. That's how God only spoke because there was sin that separated. But now Jesus, he took that. So now we are reconciled with God. So now we can come boldly to the throne of grace. But before Jesus, God spoke through prophets. So here's what God spoke through a prophet right here. In 2 Chronicles 20, 15, here's where we're going to pick it up. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow. March out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jerel. So God said, hey, don't be afraid. I'm with you and that this battle is not yours to fight. That this battle is mine is what God said through the prophet. Then the prophet goes on and he goes on with this. He says, uh, but you will not even need to fight. 
take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Come on. Isn't that good? Stay, uh, stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Today, I don't know what's in front of you, but know this, that the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. That there's a position for you to take. Now the prophet, he goes on and he says, He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then the king Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. And all the people of uh, Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. So there was a battle ahead of them. But the battle ahead of them, it was not their fight. But God said, take your positions. So it wasn't their fight, but yet they had a position in the battle. They had a position in the Lord's battle and they had to take their position. And what was their, what was that position? Their battle position? It was worshiping and praising God with song, with singing unto him, with praising him. We see in Second uh, Chronicles 20, 19, it goes on, it says, then the Levites from the clan of uh, Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went into the wilderness of Tico. On the way, Jehoshaphat st uh, stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, ahead of the guys with swords, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. So the singers went out in front of the guys with swords, singing praises to God. Now, like in terms of if you were to go to military school, if you were to go, they would not say put the guys with instruments and nice voices ahead. But this is what they did. They went ahead and they were praising God, singing to him, singing about who he was, what he was going to do magnifying God, magnifying him, making him bigger in, in their eyes. And Jehoshaphat and Judah took their battle positions, positions of praise and worship to God. And let's be real. It seems crazy. You send people out who sing ahead of swords, but worship here was warfare. And they weren't battling against flesh and blood. There was something behind it. So in second Chronicles 20, uh, verse 22, it goes on. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from the Mount Seir. So two armies then attacked the one army and killing every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So Judah uh, did not have to physically lift a sword. But know what they did in this battle? 
They lifted their voices in worship and praise to God. And the moment they did, the opposition, the army, the great multitude of armies, all that massive army started attacking itself. And God, as soon as they worshiped, God stepped into the situation when Judah worshiped and praised God. Because the battle was God, but the position, the battle position for Judah and Jehoshaphat was this, was to worship and praise God in song. And as they did, God stepped into the situation and brought change. He brought breakthrough where it, it, like you would not think, okay, they're just going to attack each other. But God did that. God caused that. Worship was how they fought their battle. Today, Today, worship is how you and I fight our battles. In verse 25, it goes on and tells that after this ar- these armies attacked themselves, killed each other, wiped out, that Judah actually went and they got all this plunder and they, it was like four days of like getting all this plunder. So God took what the enemy meant for evil and instead he turned it for good. And I believe that is for us today as well is that The battle, the opposition, the challenge that you might be facing through praise and worship, God will work and turn that situation around. And what the enemy meant for evil, he will turn for good. Because that battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. You know, last week we talked about that there is a rest in worship. And part of that rest for in worship is because you are instead, you are just assuming your position, your battle position of worshiping God and allowing him to step in to battle, to step into battle. In Psalms 22, 3, it says this, it says, you, yet you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Now the translation, you are enthroned in the praises of your people. Enthroned, if you were to Google it, if you were to look into a dictionary, enthroned, it means this, it's like to install like a monarch or a king on a throne uh, during a ceremony or to mark the beginning of the rule. God is enthroned in the praises of his people. His rule begins when the praises of his people. Whenever God's people exalt and praise him and worship him, God is enthroned or set into rule over that situation in your life. God is ready to manifest his his kingdom's power in a way that he knows is the most appropriate for that situation more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. His ways are higher than our ways. He knows what you need and he's ready. He's waiting. And as you worship God in the midst of your, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of that situation, in the midst of, I don't know what I'm going to do. You are saying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in this situation. God then steps into that situation as you take your battle position, worshiping him. And then he says, okay, I'm going to take, because this is my fight. This isn't your fight. This battle is mine. You just take your position and worship. I believe God is waiting for your prayerful and praiseful worship as an entry point for his kingdom to come. I believe God is waiting for his people 
to say, I'm going to praise, I'm going to worship, so that he is then enthroned. He is set into rule in those areas of, life, of your life and in our world. Today, if opposition is against you, challenges, you don't know how I'm going to come out of this, or how am I going to overcome, or what am I going to do about my job, what am I going to do about this situation? Can I encourage you, take your battle position in worship and praising God in song. Because that is your part to play in, in the battle. Because the battle isn't yours, it's the Lord's. But you have a part to play. And that is in worshiping and praising Him in the midst of the opposition. Because He's got you. He's got that situation. He's got your family. He's got your provision. He's got your health. God has got you. You, we just need to take our battle position of worshiping and praising God. Because it is spiritual warfare. It is something that when, when people of God worship, things change. Situations change. Just like good old Jehoshaphat, when he worshiped, situations changed. When Josiah worships, when you worship your situation changes. Doesn't matter what it looks like around you. That's not yours to worry about. That is the Lord's battle. Your position is just to worship. And God will then be enthroned in the praises. In other words, he is then set into rule over that situation. And he steps in and he fights that battle for you. In the New Testament, we see so many times where the early church, they worshiped and they praised and they sang to God. In Acts 16, we see Paul and Silas, they were arrested because they were preaching about Jesus. And so they were captured, they were put into jail, they were put into shackles. They were bound, they were captive, they were like, it wasn't like five-star jail. No, it was a bad situation. But know what they did? They took their battle positions. In Acts uh, 16, 25, it says this. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. And all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. When they assumed their battle positions, worshiping God, praising God, the, their chains were broken. Where they were bound were, was broken. They were freed. The prison doors were open. As you take your position of worshiping God, it will break chains off that are holding you down. You know, that anxiety, that depression, that addiction. Can I say, when you worship God, come on, it breaks chains. It breaks those things that have bound you, that have held you captive. 
When you worship and praise God, even in the midst of the very time where it's like, okay, I just keep going back to this, keep going back. When you worship and praise God, you are inviting him, you're putting him, you're enthroning, he's enthroned in that situation and chains will break. Those things that bound your life will break. When you invite him in, even words spoken against you, even maybe as a kid and you, someone said, you know what, you're just not good at this. So all through life, maybe now you're in your, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 70s, and you still think, I'm not good at this because someone said that. And that's holding you captive. That's limiting you. Can I say, as you praise God, as you worship him, hit, as you do that, it will break those chains that have bound you. When we worship God, changes the atmosphere. It changes situations. God steps in. Worship. It's not just singing songs. It's not a time, just a time filler. It is a place of power where we get to say, God, I'm assuming my position of battle, position of worshiping you. And God steps in. He's enthroned in that area. And chains are broken. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible where it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. As we worship him, he's enthroned or he, his rule is in our life. And his spirit brings freedom and liberty. There are chains that, that are binding you that you are feel shackled today. Raise your voice unto God. Worship Him. Praise Him. And know what? God will do only what God can do. He will break those chains of bondage. He will set, set you free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Psalms 34, 1, it says this. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul will make its boasts in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I love that scripture. You know, it is so powerful when you or I individually assume are the battle position, not when we take our battle position of worship. But it's so powerful when we come together, when we come together and assume our battle position, when we take our battle position, worshiping together, whether that's on Thrive Online or part of our worship, uh, worship nights, there's something that happens when we come corporately together, when we corporately worship His name. And I believe things happen. Chains break, freedom comes, a breakthrough happens when we do that. You know, this past Friday, we had Thrive Worship Night. I'm speaking by faith. It, is, it was a powerful time. It was so good. God moved. Um, it, chains were broken. I believe breakthrough in people's lives when we came together and took our positions and worshiping Him. Times of refreshment and also times where God stepped in and brought breakthrough. I want to encourage you, hey, the next worship night is September 25th. 
it's going to be good. I'm going to have the registration in the description. You can early register for it. I want to encourage you because it's not just a time of just coming together singing. It is a time of spiritual warfare where God, where we worship God, we praise God, and God brings breakthrough. But this is what we're going to do right now. And this is why we flipped this week is we are now going to have a time after I pray here where we're going to take our positions and worship God. We're, we're all different places today in different homes and everything, but we're together singing at the same time, taking our positions together all different locations around Calgary, Alberta, and actually even across Canada. So that's what we're going to do right now. And we're going to worship. And know as you, as you sing unto God, that it is you are taking your battle position. And God is moving. God will do only what he can do. And just like Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat where it was like, there's this massive army. But God stepped in. I believe as we worship God in the next moment, God's going to step into situations, into those challenges, those obstacles, and bring breakthrough. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for every single person, Father, who, who's joining us right now. Father, I thank you that you love them, that, God, you are for them, and that the battle is not ours, but the battle is yours. Father, this, th today we worship you. We magnify you. We magnify you. God, we say you are great. You are awesome. Father, we thank you for your love, your provision. Father, we thank you for your healing, your grace. God, you are everything we need. Father, I thank you for, for breakthrough, for healing, Father. Father, for restoration, for provision. Father, we thank you. That God, you are, how, you are the one who fights the battle. And this is how we fight our battle. By praising and worshiping you. So Father, as we go into worship right now. Father, we do with faith that we know that as we worship. Uh, taking our battle positions. That God, you are moving. You are changing. You are stepping in. That you are enthroned. Set into place over situations, areas in our life. So God, we turn our attention. Our hearts are focused on you. In Jesus name. All right, come on church, let's worship. Thank you for listening to Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us a Sunday soon. For more information about Thrive Church, you can go to our website thrivecalgary.ca. See you next time.